0: Hey, we are live and it's not quite five. Just change that instead of live at five. It's live at not quite five. I was a
1: bit oh, premature oh, then, James. Yes, yeah, so, How are you doing, Maria?
0: I'm excited. This is the last one, our last This Week in events until 2021.
1: Who would have thought we would have got this far in it? They would have know. taken care.
0: Yeah, we haven't fallen out, which is amazing, have we? It's brilliant. There's not been any fighting. So so anyway, um, yes, I'm good. Thank you. I'm not ready for Christmas. I haven't written a single card. It's really bad. I did record a silly Christmas video. Did you see that, by the way?
1: I did. It's, it's fantastic. I, I, it's, um Yes, yes, it's, it's very, we can't share it, but yes. <laughs> so no, you definitely don't want to share it.
0: And uh, uh, yes, yeah, so I've spent my time doing that instead of writing cards. So I now need to write my cards. <laughs> What about you? Are you ready for Christmas?
1: Uh no. Uh we we did get uh, our vegan cheese from our vegan fromagerie just arrived, so that kind of gets me in the Christmas mood. Like food, I always think of food and chilling out, slowing the pace uh, as we get into Christmas. So I'm quite excited about having some time off and lots of books arriving. So that's that's my guilty pleasure is lots of reading over the over the whole thing. Oh,
0: love books, love books. So I never would have connected vegan food to Christmas for me, but hey, listen, each to their own, each to their own. So what have we got planned today?
1: Well, we have a a very interesting guest. First time, I I think we've actually had a guest on that's been in the same studio as me when we've been filming, so this is new for us. Um, But before I invite her, the other things that we're gonna be talking about is our kind of highlights and lowlights of 2020, maybe what we're looking forward to uh, in 2021. And then we're gonna be talking about our tools, of the week, so we've got a pretty packed final show of 2020 for you. So at this point, I'd like to introduce our our guest today. Um, now, this is we're socially distanced. I, mean, I don't have to do the social distancing here because she's in the studio with me. But I'd like to invite our guest today, Alison Burns, who is an ethical futurist, and she's going to be talking us about the, uh, the impact of ethics and the role of impacts. On professional speaking. So let me just, by the powers of, powers of technology, there we have it. Da-da,
0: yeah. da-da-da, da-da-da. And you're not socially distanced, but it's okay, isn't it? There's a reason we why. Have a we, we, have got a we have a, a, a bubble. You have a bubble. Fantastic. So listen, first of all, I mean, welcome, welcome, Alison. How lovely to have you on our last show of 2020. What an honour to have you. So, so tell me a little bit about your background because you are an ethical futurist. Where does that come from? Where did you decide that this was your path?
2: Well, it's an interesting journey I've had. I started off as an engineer, then a lawyer and a jazz singer. And uh, well, my burning desire is obviously to be a plumber, but that's another question. Um, but I've always had this ingrained thing inside me, which has always been striving for justice and fairness. And when I went into law, I decided, you know, we do legal ethics when we study that. And also as a practitioner, as a, as a solicitor, that's obviously high up there with guidance and rules. But medicine has uh, ethics and government have ethics as well well hopefully um so and, and also in business because I've also built my own business so it's how it's how you conduct yourself in business and also conduct yourself personally and how to make those better choices when faced with ethical questions so and we and we're all faced with ethical questions on a daily basis so it's whether whether you recognize it at the time or not but but we're, we, we make choices daily, and it's whether we make the right choices in the day when we're faced with these challenges.
0: James, I'm
1: sure you've got a question to follow up on that. You, actually. So, okay, ethics. Sounds like quite a heavy, heavy topic, heavy subject. Um, so let's think about how does it really relate to speakers. Give, give me an example of an ethical question that a speaker you know as a speaker and we're going to actually make this interactive here so if you're watching watching this just now if you're watching this live we want you to to participate in this so let's ask our viewers just now an ethical question for them to ponder as speakers
2: okay here's a, a little bit of a quiz for you so you're a speaker and you've been offered the dream job now this job involves double your normal fee first class flights to the destination and an extended stay in a super-duper luxury hotel. However, the question is, do you take the gig on the basis that the client is well-known in their business dealings uh, with connections to human rights abuses? So do you take the gig? Mm. Do you take the gig? Do you take the gig?
1: Wow! So what does everyone think? If you're watching this live just now, what is your thing? Because Maria, you must have come up Against this one, when you have a client has come to you, asked you, and you've you've researched the client, there's maybe some concerns there. Uh, and how do you do you talk to your your speakers about it when you relate this to your speakers that you represent?
0: Uh, yeah, it's difficult. I mean, I do have speakers who choose not to work for certain types of organization. Um, You know, I've got speakers who won't work for gaming companies, won't work for um, tobacco companies, won't work for, you know, they've got certain, you know, criteria that they won't cross. Um, And I absolutely respect that. It's very difficult as a bureau because you try to be objective and also you try to educate the audience, a bit, I think. Um, and you want to try and change them. So, so nobody's daring to put their hand up and say whether they would go or not. Obviously, we're imagining that this is outside of COVID because we've talked about first class flights somewhere really nice. James, would you do
1: it? Well, I've, I've had not exactly like this. I've had similar ones where maybe it's a technology company, and I know that that company's technology has been used, especially around cybersecurity and surveillance. And um, sometimes I've actually said no, uh, frankly, because the the I know enough about the technology. that I know it's being used in an offensive mm-hmm. way, not a defensive. It's very different if it's being used as defensive tech. Um, uh, and, uh, and a more typical one is like, for example, I got last year I got asked to go and do an event for McDonald's, and I'm a vegan.
0: Yeah.
1: So this is an un you know would you would a, a vegan do a keynote speech at an event? For mcdonald's and i thought about it and i actually had to stop and reflect about it and in my case i decided to do that because i could see where mcdonald's was going they were starting to do beyond burgers and so it was on a path and i thought if there was some way that i could open their minds up to new ways to innovate to be more creative to be more sustainable then maybe that's something that's, that's useful so yes. that, yeah so are we getting any comments yeah we have greg's made a comment there. Mm. He's asking to help differentiate
0: ethical from difference of opinions about sensitive topics. That's a very good question.
2: Oh, well, sensitive issues with um, different topics. I suppose you've got to look at the context, for example, within the context of this quiz, you've there may not be a right answer because there's always an opportunity there. But what you have to do is dig a little bit deeper to find those ethical challenges. And and it's also it's it's also got to align with your values, you know, and what your sense of right and wrong is. Mm. And if you have that, I call it the ethical alarm bell. If that's ringing, then that's that's a good thing because you're asking questions. And also, like you said, there's an opportunity there to change minds, to change opinions, to to kind of put some extra views in there that maybe people haven't thought about uh, in within your audience or the client. But I also see a second challenge as well so the first challenge is do you take is is it right or wrong for you to do the gig but the second challenge is is if you don't actually hear that ethical alarm bell at all so it never rings for you. So there's a double edged thing here but mm-hmm. it's all down to context and what's right you know it's doing the right thing there's there's a difference between d- doing what you what what would you do but also what should you do? So it's a, there's a, a subtle I guess difference. it's a bit like
1: with with mannels, with panels that are all mm. men. It exactly. used to be that it wasn't even thought about that that was an issue up until exactly. relatively recently. And now it's recognised that that is an issue. Now, some mm. organisations just choose to continue to do a manual, mm-hmm. and other ones are saying, no, we can't do this. This is not appropriate anymore. We need to have that.
2: That's also a great example of right and wrong, but also right and right, because it's always been seen as right. So it's like, but that's why you have to challenge the norms because just because something's been done a certain way for for a long time doesn't necessarily mean it's right. So, or the context and cultures, you know, Mm -hmm. different different kind of circumstances change how people and people act differently in in the same set of circumstances. They will almost make different choices. So there's there's lots of things. So there's no right and wrong answer, but it's it's how it aligns for you as a speaker.
0: As, yeah. So here's a thought. Yeah. Sorry, go on
1: James, carry on. No, no, Maria, on, in you go, because I was about to I was about to jump over, over you there as well, so please. <laughs>
0: you love jumping over me, I know. Of oh, course, if noise. I was in that bubble. What a naughty So here's a question. In this last eight months or so, or we'll however they not, I'm losing track, nine months, where we've not been able to travel. And we've obviously done a lot, of good for our carbon footprint. Do you think that ethically speakers should be reconsidering, fly, you know, you gave an example of flying to an exotic place. Should speakers be rethinking that and doing a lot of travel? And should organizations should be rethinking taking lots of people to a venue that's abroad so that we don't keep adding to our carbon footprint? Well,
2: certainly 2020s changed everything, changed the way that, that we do business, you know, as speakers. And um, I think twenty twenty one will will carry some of that forward, but also as well speakers, they're in the business of going to where the client is generally before COVID, and and it's work. You know, this is work for them, but it's also an opportunity to change and influence and and uh, make a difference in the world. But um offsetting carbon, I think, is is should be in there on, on a speaker's radar. Um, for example, I did a, an event at the start of the year for the University of Dundee. And um, the first thing they did, as soon as I walked through the door, was they handed me their sustainable sustainability statement of their green credentials. And I was totally impressed. I thought, wow, that was totally prompted. Wow. And I thought, do you know what? What, what if speakers did that? Yeah. What if they presented to their clients? Because it would... It would make them think as well, you know. You think, oh, this is interesting. What would be, what would be on your statement,
1: James? Well, actually, I, <laughs> no. I mean, um, Maria, I know on Speaker Bureau you have something like Wait. that in terms of how you, you work with clients.
0: Yeah, so London Speaker Bureau offsets all of their speakers' travel. Um, I think we are now more or less carbon neutral or will be in 2021. Certainly this year we must have been because we've gone virtual for sure, but it, they've been working on it for quite some time. And um, the speakers get a certificate to say that that's done, mm. been done. But I'm wondering, should we, rather than offsetting it, should we just try to reduce it, uh, you know, because there's offsetting and not doing it at all? I don't know. If it, I mean, that's a bit of a dilemma, isn't it?
1: I think it's like all these little things I mean even a very small simple thing there's a uh, one of our Speakers you members um, Andrea Edwards who's a speaker based in Thailand she's Australian Um, and she speaks about social media but I know when she often goes to work for her clients uh, she asks them please can you ensure that there are no plastic straws Uh in you know because you know you go to these events and there's everyone's got drinks and there's a lot of plastic, a lot of bump and rubbish, and bits of paper mm-hmm. and stuff like. That. She said, "Is there any way we can just reduce all of that stuff?" Um, so just asking those simple little questions, and sometimes it's just because your clients haven't thought about it. It's mm-hmm. not something that's been on the radar, and that's your job as a, a horrible word influencer yeah. uh, to kind of to influence as well.
2: But also as well, you could lead by your example because maybe if the client or the organisation haven't thought, just say, "Oh, you well, we see on your list of of your." Uh, your credentials your sustainability credentials oh i haven't eaten meat for 30 years so i've saved so many and and i'm not <laughs> i'm not putting there's no extra carbon from from the food side know and there has been recent statements i can't remember where the statements came out from but it's saying people ought to reduce their meat you know to help reduce the carbon emissions. So there's lots of things that paint the bigger picture that all add up to, you. and also as well, it, it paints an impression of you as a speaker that you're mindful of these bigger world issues that are really important.
0: That's just my fantastic. Well,
1: what about well, what
0: else do we do?
1: Um, well, I was just thinking. I mean, so as speakers, so there's the travel piece, mm-hmm. Maria, as you were saying, and the sustainability or not of that. There is whether you should take certain gigs and work with certain clients or certain industries. What about, let's assume, if it's ticked all those boxes, you're okay. Maybe it's a virtual uh, presentation you're doing. What should we be thinking in terms of the actual presentation itself, I guess, in, in the the content that we're delivering to making sure that that's ethical, the way that we're doing that?
2: Well, I'm all for speakers being ethical, obviously in the way that they conduct themselves in business, but also as well in terms of the content and and, the, and their spe- of, the, of their speeches. So things like um, not not to copy other people's material, and if you're using quotes, to probably properly attribute those quotes to the people who, where they where they originated. So, you know, in things. Ca- when are things ever original? So there's originality can be argued, but however, if you could take some ideas and make them your own and put them in your own words, then uh, then that's one thing that you ought to be doing. Because I remember walking through a conference floor and my ear was caught by a speaker. And I thought, I've heard that speech before. And I looked around and there was the speech that I'd heard from another speaker and the exact same slides. So I thought, oh, that's rather naughty. But uh, so using your own words and also copyright in there as well. So if you're using images and even music as well. So just to make sure that you're clear on that front. So you're, you're kind of making sure that everyone's everyone's covered and you're and you're not taking anyone else's material and not giving them credit for it. And um, things like the facts that are, that you, disp- you you speak of in your in your speech. So facts can be dressed up to, to kind of suit your narrative so try not to dress up facts or not dressing up facts at all, but also as well not dressing up your opinions as facts because that could be misleading. Um, conflicts of interest. I think this is, yeah, is this an is... interesting one because if you're being sponsored to uh, give a presentation, then really people ought to know that because if you're pushing a product or something, yeah. then, then that's really important, I think, to be transparent. Because
1: sometimes that. the audience doesn't know that keynote speaker up there is being sponsored by a particular company or a brand, mm. so they have a certain position, yeah a certain view of the world, a certain thing yeah. that they're looking to put and uh, and that's not always sometimes it'll say this uh, this speaker is sponsored by bloody blah, so you can have know that, but I know some speakers who are who do multiple things a year for mm-hmm. one particular company and they're asked to go and speak at these big conferences, and I'm always kind of wondered like when you're giving that speech how like the ethics of some of those. Uh, and uh, are you just saying this thing because it's true, or are you saying this thing because it's what the the client behind mm-hmm. you is, is wanting you to say?
2: And also, there's the rise of the influencer.
1: Oh, my fleece I fleece.
2: <laughs> I <laughs> I you know. Well, you've got a view. You've got. Let's hear your views on that, James. <laughs> oh so, gosh,
1: yes. Yeah. Go on. It's that reaction uh, there—that was interesting. Oh, yeah, I, I think this is a thing trend we're going to see in the industry. I think we've maybe spoken about this before, where. We're going to see more public facing conferences like um, Harry Whitbread was talking about the other day, these big, large events where they're going to bring in influencers, Mm. uh, people with big Instagram followings. And what a lot of people, the the rules are getting better now. But, for example, you'll often see a lot of influencers drive a particular brand of car. That's because if you have over 100,000 Instagram followers, you get a discount on buying that particular brand of car. Now, most people don't know that. They just think, oh, this is, the, this is the car that everyone's driving. But there's a reason behind that. And so when those influencers then go up to go on stage and talk about particular things, mm-hmm. there's, a bit, there's a little bit of me that's just kind of really... So a little bit questioning, I guess.
0: Oh, I, did, I didn't know that. I didn't know. When, when we had our London Speaker Bureau conference, um, we were talking about influencers. And um, I think it was Alexei was talking about it, who, who, who's our head of digital there. And um, he was actually showing a school where people were being taught and there's huge groups of them being taught how to be influenced. Have you seen that? And they're taught how to take a photo of themselves, how to stand in front of their phones and how to light themselves and what to say. And they're called out in numbers and they've all got to do it. And they're all exactly the same. And you're thinking, what are these people hoping to influence it's it's yeah. scary it's scary when everybody becomes a cookie cutter version of what somebody thinks is the is the ideal and actually what's the ethics around that in fact making everybody you know a cookie cutter saying the same thing that that that's coming out of whoever's in charge I don't know that's a scary thought
2: there's just no originality and also as well I think people are, I think people will get a little bit fed up of that as well because it's all about that deep, you know. There's, there's, there's. There doesn't seem to be much depth to it. And if they're only just repeating, you know, and it's, is it about likes? Is it about mm-hmm. where is the ethics of social media as well? There's lots of questions that, that could be raised there. But, uh, you know, it's like in business as well, because a lot of businesses are looking to influence in, in the way that they, they, do, they do business, but in the way that customers see them as well. So um, I know that they're millennials, you know, any of the millennials who are, slightly smarter they're just they they actually want to work for for companies there was a study out it was 86 percent of millennials want to work for businesses that um align with their values so you know with the influencers you you want to ask well what are their values you know where do they sit in amongst the the ethical have they do they they kind of look at what they're doing and put it through the ethical filter Mm. you
1: know so so we've spoken about i guess speakers being doing ethical things, our clients being ethical. Uh, Maria, the bureaus. <laughs> should I talk about ethical bureaus? <laughs> well, uh, uh, um, from a speaker's standpoint, have you heard of any stories about maybe bureaus not being so ethical? I actually have. Well, theres I know this
2: is a true story, but I won't name any names, but there's a bureau who was booking speakers just for exposure and I have eyes and ears everywhere, so <laughs> there's. Um, I did hear that, that there was mar- there were big fees being paid, and uh, the speaker didn't see any of that. Although they had their costs, you know, paid and the flights and everything, but there was there were there were fees being paid for these speakers to present and give their speeches. But the speaker didn't see any of this, and I think well, that's all very well if you agree to doing, you know, for the exposure. Uh, but I think full transparency is really the ethical way to go. And um you know, and, and that way that's I think that's much more mm-hmm. in a line with how people should be operating their businesses. And what are, what are your views, Maria?
0: do you know i think we're going to get to that point absolutely where there is full transparency i think that the relationship between the speaker and the bureau has to be much more uh, much closer and there has to be great trust there and great respect there um but also i think that there's got to be much more communication i think often um you know a speaker or a bureau will, will work together and transact and they haven't sort of laid down the ground rules of how they're going to work together and every bureau is different and every individual in every bureau is different Um, Mm. unless they have a very strict code of conduct or strict way of working many people are allowed to work within quite a loose structure and so then again it's down to the individual and how they work i know i've got very different opinions from some of my colleagues about how i might handle the situation uh, and also the length of experience that you have so yeah I, i i mean i i would champion transparency i'm not sure that everybody would agree with me though of course so it's a difficult one
1: in the bureau world with obviously there's associations mm. of bureaus that you know that support each other and learn together and um when you hear of one of you one of your another bureau let's say that's doing things which feels like it's outside of the ethical norms of your industry what do you do do they get excluded in some way or do you make it public or how does it work
0: And we have to take it on a case by case basis. Unfortunately, I can't give you sort of a blanket answer, but we have excluded bureaus from Um, you know, who have been members, who've done things that we thought, actually, that's not appropriate to the industry. That will damage the industry. That will damage, um, you know, what we're doing. And we have excluded people, absolutely. Um, And it's a very difficult one. But also we do have sort of, you know, certain standards and criteria to say, to be a member, these are the kinds of things that you need to be doing. And these are the kinds of, also also the levels of business, not only the kind of way of working, but also the structures. And and, and, uh, we have had issues, In the past, sometimes with management companies and agencies, and we've grouped together to support each other and try and resolve those problems. Because, again, there isn't sort of an overriding code of conduct, certainly in in Europe and the UK. I know in the US there there is a bit more. It's very much more rigid. And I know you've been to the IASB meetings, but it's Mm -hmm. actually a lot looser and you don't want to stifle the industry um, by, and lose the creativity and lose that great. Um, it's a very entrepreneurial and exciting type of business. Um, so you don't want to stifle it and make it so, you know, restricted by bureaucracy and and you know you've got to do this, and you've got to do that. Like some some businesses are, so you wouldn't want to ruin that. It's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward because certainly yeah. a lot of bureaus will have had a very challenging year. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and yeah. and I mean you also think of this wider role about ethics. Every association, pretty much in the world, trade association, industry association, usually has ethics as one of its pillars of its values. But when was the last time you went to an association event and you had someone a speaker talking about ethics? So that it's happens. fun. It's, yeah. there's, there's a disconnect there with what people put up on there. This is what we're about as an organisation. These are the values that we stand for, mm-hmm. and what actually really happens. So I think that that's that'll be interesting is going because certainly millennials pushing much harder to change things up, which is is fantastic.
0: And it's lovely that, you you know, customers have the, the power of choice and they can choose who they want to work with. And actually, I think also bureaus and speakers have the power of choice to say, you know, who should I work with or who would I work with, which I think was your question. Listen, I've covered my questions, James. I don't know if you've got anything else you'd like to ask Alison.
1: No, I mean, are there, are there um, you know, we're talking about different, in, I guess Maria was talking about this as well. Uh, um, what would you would you say to speakers who maybe want to exclude speaking to certain industries? So I know some speakers maybe have an issue about speaking to oil companies or companies' arms, you know, different types of things like that. What would you suggest to maybe our speakers watching just now in terms of how they think about which industries they might want to speak to?
2: Well, it's essentially their call because they've got to measure up They've got to measure up their values to what they're hoping to achieve by making a, a presentation to the client, and also it's it is an opportunity because we we all already mentioned that it's it's a chance to just kind of send a little bit of a different message in there, and I think I think there's there's an opportunity for speakers not only to be ethical but to to actually weave ethics into their speech. You know, so if you're a, talking on leadership. You've got a chance to inspire the leaders in the room, the, the potential, you know, the future leaders in the room, to actually do things differently. So it's there's a there's a real opportunity there, but it really has to sit well with your own core values, um, and also as well, you've got it's got to be motivated from the right place. So motivation, you know, it was uh, the famous word, uh, words uh, from John Shad, it was the chairman of the SEC, and he said many years ago, he said, "Well, ethics pays." that's, and someone else say, well, that's, that's like enlightened self, you know, self-interest, self-interest. Yeah. but however you've got, it's got to be motivated from the, right, from the right place. And I think people are beginning to see that, you know, they can see if it's just, you know, it's just a facade. So you think, well, I'm going to be booked because it, you know, businesses are looking to, to attract the most bright and talented uh, millennials into their business by, by rethinking their, their, their ethics and how they operate. So, I think honesty and integrity has got to be at the core, uh, you know, of what you're doing. I think this
0: is going to be a big subject. I think this is going to be a really big subject going forward. I think it's really interesting. And and you're the first ethical futurist I've ever met. So that's really wonderful. Nice to be here. Fantastic. Well, listen, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. I think you're
1: going to pop back a bit later, aren't you? We'll we'll bring you back just at the end. So um, before we kind of talk about our little kind of topic of the week, uh, we want to maybe give a shout out to our sponsors who's been actually the sponsor for the whole season of this week in events. And that is London Speaker Bureau. London Speaker Bureau are the world's only global speaker bureau. They have offices in 18 countries around the world and if you're looking for a keynote speaker whether it's speak on ethical futurism or leadership or whatever the topic is then go to londonspeakerbureau.com and check out some of the wonderful speakers they represent lovely well done James you do that so well so what are we going to talk about next well the good and the bad 2020 what has been your yeah
0: yeah. 2020 2020 2020 vision looking back. I'm, I'm gonna start with the bad so I can end with the good. Is yeah. that all right? Because I think yeah. I wanna end on a good point. Yeah. So the bad yeah, the bad James, obviously, we've all had personal losses with Corona. I don't particularly want to go there because I think I don't want to make everybody sad. But on a personal note, on a totally selfish note, I couldn't get married. Look, I've got my engagement ring there. And, oh. and I didn't get married. We were supposed to get married on the 5th of September this year, and it didn't happen. We had to cancel it. I'm going to have to have the dress let out several sizes. There's no way I'm ever going to get into it again, or I'm going to have to go on a massive diet. So that was personally the bad. Do you want to share your bad before I do my good so we both end on good? Um, Actually, I'll let you do your your good. I'll do my good. My good has been, well this week in events how wonderful I've really enjoyed it thank you James it's really great but also the good has been working more with speakers um, having the opportunity have that time to focus I split the bureau in two and half my team continued with the bureau work and half of us decided let's work with speakers and really help them help them to you know reposition look at their work make sure that they make sure that they're able to carry on working and it's been fantastic we've worked some amazing people and I'm going to be carrying on doing that and I can see actually there are several people here look at this they are gary who's been on one of the programs thank you gary um it yeah it's been really wonderful um so that's been a huge highlight um and to be sponsored as well to be doing this how nice is that beautiful, nice. beautiful.
1: what about you what's your bad and your good let's not do the ugly well, let's just do the bad well, and the good. I'm, I'm actually gonna gonna i thought i was thinking about this this morning and i thought there's these kind of three r's that's really I know speakers, we love doing acronyms and, and things like that. So uh, the first is what you spoke about, which is relationships. And I think that that's been for all the good. I mean, you and I, we've had a lot of fun doing this season, got to know each other, got to bring some amazing guests. And you've brought in some incredible guests. So I feel that this has been a time that I've actually deepened a lot of relationships with bureau partners, with clients, um so and a lot of our speakers you members as well so that's been good i've really actually really enjoyed that the second one which has been harder and good and bad is the kind of resilience piece and just to be completely frank this has been a dumpster fire of a year you know this is this has is a, been a tough year for anyone that's involved in events speaking hospitality uh music entertainment the arts so i don't want to put that down and i think it's it's forced us to have to become more resilient and i think that will be useful in the future but when you're living it and in it it's tough um and in the final R, I i would just say which i've kind of learned to do a little bit better is rest is just a little um, bit more self-care so i've been going out walking every day um just because the, the pacing of things is, is so different just now this time that we're in and and i think where we're going to go next into 2020 and this is the good news is I genuinely think we're gonna be looking at a new roaring 2020s. The same thing that happened in 1921 after the Spanish flu pandemic. Everyone thought that everyone would just want to get back to the normal or normalcy, as our American cousins say. But actually what they found is that people wanted to like just have this burst of energy, do new things. So you had jazz music come apart and great literature and art and new ideas. And so it was this huge bursting of innovation and creativity. And I think that's what we're going to start to see. It might not be in the first half of next year of 2021, but I think from the second half of next year, when people start to move again and travel and congregate together, I'm actually feeling very positive about that. Oh,
0: I'm excited! That sounds fantastic. The Roaring Twenties, although you've got to be quite slim to wear those dresses. Oh, dear. I feel a diet coming on in the new year, James. I feel a diet coming on. Okay, super. Well, wow, wow! Look at that. Um, so we've got we've got. Thank you for your conversations. Thank you, Facebook user. I don't know who you are, but appreciate that. Um, yes, speakers need to redesign themselves, personally. fresh. Yes, super. Okay, cool.
1: So, what's Tools. next, James? Tools of the week. Uh, Oh, my goodness, tool of the week. Oh, yes. I almost forgot the tool of the week. You're using, you're using your tool of the week just now.
0: I'm using my tool of the week. Let's see. I'm going to share my tool of the week. Let's see if I can show you. So I've got this new um, remote control lighting, and I'll, I'll fiddle with the lights in a minute, but I'll just show you what's clever about them. Hopefully I can do this with my camera. Um, let's see. So what you've got is the lights are here. They sit on my desk. That's a big light, right? And they, they sit on the desk here. There, they're attached to the desk. I've got one on each side. And what's great is, I don't know about you, but before I had these um, sort of like box lights that used to sit uh, um, in front of my desk and they would take a lot of space on the floor and therefore take a fair amount of office space. But these, because they're on the desk and my desk goes up and down. So my desk is the desk that goes up and down. They will go up and down with me. But with this remote control, I can also change. So if it's suddenly got a bit darker, oh, actually, that's a bit better, isn't it? I can light myself a bit better or I can go even brighter, or I can go nuclear, <laughs> or I can, or, <laughs> oh, look at that, <laughs> fantastic, so this is quite, so I can control them, I think I'm going to go a bit brighter actually, there you go, that's better, bit... so I can, <laughs> I can control
1: present for the control freak in your life, <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, I, I do, thank you very much. But yeah, so there's these little lights that I can... And what's wonderful, if you're recording, we've been recording some online um, training videos, and the lights are incredibly bright in your eyes when you're speaking. And when you're resting to look at notes, you can just turn it off and then turn it back on again when you need it. How cool
1: is that? That's great. And so we're going to have... Uh, what was the name of the brand of, of these ones? I know this oh, gosh,
0: I, I can't. It's difficult to see. They're
1: called we we Switty. We'll put it... It's on the remote. They're called Switty. Yeah, yeah, stock. yeah, and will have a link oh,
0: And they're not bad in terms of price. They're
1: not. So what yes. have you? No. Mm. Uh, what have you got in? So my talk. You share the screen, so people can actually see this. Uh, oh, this. this is common, and this was driving you and I mad. Like we oh, wanted yes. to bring music into our presentations and change the audio around and do different things, and it was so difficult. It felt like that you to do it. So this is a great tool, it's called Loopback, and it essentially creates a virtual audio output. So I can put loads of things, and so let, let's say if I'm speaking or if we're doing a workshop style, we can suddenly kind of bring some background music up, add another microphone, uh, you can bring audio in from different videos. It's just amazing little tool and it's not expensive at all, it's a one-off purchase. Uh, and we'll put a link that is called Loopback. So expect next season, maybe we'll start bringing some music back into oh i thought you were going to demonstrate it you're not you're not going to demonstrate no, no, no. Oh, that's you're going to have to watch next season you're going to have to come in next season okay. where just doing things with it as well Very good. i've got 18 i've got 20 channels here to play with i'm gonna have so much fun I'm oh so much fun. my goodness i I'm, I'm hoping
0: tom morley's watching because he's gonna love this so um i don't know i don't think he is actually because he'd love that that's so cool look forward to seeing that brilliant so we brilliant We have
1: no surprise for everyone so thanks everyone for watching um the show this year and supporting this week in events uh it's been an absolute joy maria doing this with you Um, and I'm really looking forward to next season, 2021. It's going to be a better year for all of us. Um, And before we bring on Alison back, maybe to give us a little something special to finish up the the show and the season, Maria, was there anything you wanted to say? Well, just to have a safe... Christmas
0: everybody don't take any risks let's stay safe we've worked so hard to get this far let's keep going because the sooner we can get through this the sooner we can all get together and have a big party and I can have a bigger wedding.
1: (laughs) So Alison come come back come back and join us again. (laughs) Okay over to you.
2: Okay I'm just going to sing this one out for you but it's 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 actually quite appropriate from just what you were saying there about Christmas, and it's, but this is a very trimmed down version of this song, so, and it's also a cappella, so here we go. Have yourself a merry little Christmas, let your heart be light. Next year, all our troubles will be out of sight. Someday soon we all will be together if the fates allow. Until then we'll have to muddle through somehow. So have yourself Oh,
0: merry little Christmas
1: now. Yay! Merry Christmas. Oh, Beautiful.
0: You brought a tear to my eye. That was gorgeous. That was absolutely gorgeous. Thank you so much. What a lovely way to end our show. I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm tearful now. Thank you. Thank you so much. James, it's been wonderful. I've loved it. It's been fantastic. We will be back next year. Do not panic. We'll Alison, a, you yeah. rock. I agree. Greg, she absolutely rocks. Fabi, What a talent. Yeah. Oh, Thanks it, a bit yeah. So,
1: Merry stay Christmas. Stay well, everyone. Merry Christmas, everyone. Take care.
0: Bye bye. Bye bye.